You're listening to Newcastle in the Morning. Let's cut the legal jargon and get the straight talk. It's Lauren O'Brien with Legally Blonde. It's time to welcome her back. For the first time I haven't spoken to her in about five or six weeks, I feel very bereft of not having her company. Good morning and welcome, Lauren O'Brien. Good morning, Tracy McCallicott. How are you? You staying well? I'm good. Yeah? What's I'm, be- I'm very well, thanks. There's nothing to complain about. No? What have you been up to? I mean, it's been a long time since we last spoke. Uh, I've just got a lot more trial work coming in. So mm. um, lots of barristers that are briefed. Yeah, interesting. Mm. It's a little bit like juggling balls because can all of your clients have quite different needs and then um, barristers, well, when you brief a barrister, you often think about specific uh, strengths that they might have to be a really good fit for your client. Mm. So it's a little bit like casting a, a um, casting a play or a show in. I mean, not to diminish the importance of mm. it, but, you know, it's about getting the right fit. And sometimes it really is, as you say, it's the right fit for that client. What, what, who I will gel with and who I will feel comfortable with could be very com- completely different to who who Stephen Pickett would would you know blend exactly. with. It's really that personality, isn't it? When when you're exactly. selecting that barrister. So I've got um, I've got someone. So if if I have a client that might have some serious mental health or cognitive impairment, there's a specific barrister I like to brief because she's worked a lot in that area. Um, like in medical negligence kind of area. So she's had a lot to do with health providers and um, and then, you know, I've got a, a gentleman that um, uh, set something on fire and I've got another barrister who I know has dealt with those matters. So mm. it's really about finding the very best representative uh, for each individual client. Yeah, so it's interesting. And that's also, you know, it also goes to finding the right solicitor, doesn't it? That makes sure that you, you know, that you do think about those things, that, you know, you go to somebody like a, a Lauren O'Brien, and I know Kate Maher is very much the same, that when you're briefing people, you really make sure that, uh, that, that, that mixes, but you've got to have that right solicitor to start with. Yeah, I guess so. And I mean, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. I'm a very, very straight shooter. Um, that's what we love about like- you. Well, I just think that's how, if I was in trouble, I would not want anyone to sugarcoat anything. Mm. Um, and sometimes when the pressure's on and it's very, very intense, you know, people might want to be have their, have their hand held a bit more. Um, I can do that too mm. when the pressure's not on, but sometimes when the pressure's on, yeah, so... That's right. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's a couple of uh, very high-profile stories that have been uh, doing the rounds uh, at the moment. One that really grabbed my attention, and uh, it's one that I I really wanted to talk to you about today. A Perth jury has asked for urgent counselling because Mm. of the sickening and uh, confronting material that they were having to view um, after a a former long-serving West Australian policeman was was found guilty of drugging, sexually abusing and indecently recording things. 13 women over a 12-year period. Now, there was some very confronting you know, and disturbing um, evidence provided, wasn't there? And, and this story does contain, contain some, uh, some fairly graphic uh, situations, so I will warn you about that. But um, how often do you find that, Lauren, that, uh, you know, the jury who's seeing all of this stuff, and, you know, I can imagine what it must be like in, in pedophilia cases, how often mm. do you find that juries do need this support? 
I know that there's usually uh, there's counselling available after, but I think the rare point in this matter is that the jury was so, and I don't know how many of the jury members felt this way, but at least you know they were so distraught during that they felt they needed the the counselling then and there, mm. not after the after. trial. Mm. Um, I thank you for sending me that article. Although I don't know if I really wanted to read it. I mm. mean, I, and I see a lot of this stuff. So I imagine he was found guilty of eighty-seven charges. Now, eighty-seven charges. That's a lot. That isn't means it? that means eighty-seven charges that twelve people found beyond reasonable doubt. It's it's rare to see every charge found out. In my experience. It's just horrible. I mean, he because of uh, his position of trust as a as a senior police officer, you know, he was able to uh, to use their computer yeah. to access the details yeah, of so almost a hundred women. Yes, so that's that's going to be an aggravation. So when you get to sentence, there are mitigating factors, and those are factors that can kind of soften the edges of what you've done. And then there's aggravating factors that are taken into account. Aggravation is if you've been in a position of power. Mm. So, for instance, if you're uh, a step-parent of a young child and you molest or harass or whatever them, that's an aggravation. They've been in your care. So, you know, if you... It's, it's also uh, against a judicial officer or an ambulance officer, people that are more vulnerable than you, basically, Tracy. So in this mm. instance, I think what you said makes it particularly more heinous. Um, and don't forget, these are people who probably... Don't, I mean, I don't know, People, we all have personal lives, but a lot of the people on that jury might not even be people that regularly look at pornography. Mm. So can you imagine the vicarious trauma where you suddenly fall down a wormhole into this man's, from what it, the all accounts, very depraved. Mm. Um, and it, it, I think the judge said that his crimes, quote, involve a degree of sadism, that he, or sadism, that is unprecedented in my experience. Wow. So that's a judge that mm. uh, has sat probably through a lot more of these matters than I ever will. He also allegedly drugged them, which again, so you've got vulnerable people, you find them on Tinder or RSVP, then you do a background check, uh, then you drug them and then you, and then you film them mm. without their consent. So it's kind of, in in my business, we call it hamburger with the works. Mm, yeah, it sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Ex- can you uh, just explain this little bit bit to me? Obviously, the judge, um, he allowed these, these uh, jurors to get counselling, but he told the court that there was... Uh, that basically they could get this counselling but direct the jury that while the trial was still on, they were not to discuss with their counsellor any of the issues they were going to have to decide. Now, yes. explain that to me. Because if you've got another agent or a person, so that 12, that the jury of 12 is meant to be hermetically sealed, if you like. So if you've got anybody outside of that bubble that might have any influence, that's going to affect your judgment. That's going to affect the verdict. Mm. Okay. It's, it's a and tough I think one, that was, Well, the judge, because the defence said this is, uh, you know, we need a retrial. This jury has clearly made its mind up. Um, and so the judge was probably, well, clearly at great pains to say it's, it's clearly urgent that these people have counselling. However, 
to keep that bubble, to keep the integrity of the jury. Because if you talked to the counsellor and they gave their opinion or can you see how that would be yeah. appellable? Yeah. So then if he's found guilty, that gives the defence, like, you know, as a defence lawyer, that's the stuff I'd be looking for. Um, for, it's for an be, appeal. Yeah, for an appeal. Mm. Wow. Now, the other big case, of course, that is uh, is going on in the country at the moment is uh, the trial of the man accused of raping um, Brittany Higgins. It's uh, it's coming to an end um, with the defence set to complete uh, their closing arguments. It really has been trial by media for this guy, no matter whether he's guilty, innocent or whatever. It really has been played out in the eye of the public and in, in public opinion. It's going to be really interesting. How um, how do you think that the court of public opinion will affect this trial? You know what? I don't. I don't even know where to begin. Mm. Um, I have been following it as well. Well, it all started with Lisa Wilkinson, didn't mm. it? It did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I don't really have an opinion on it. I've just been looking at it a bit like a sponge and not mm. forming any um, decisions. I mean, it was always going to be big news. And in Australia, we have um, transparent justice. So it's a fine line, isn't it? We could imagine if you could put on a um, a big blanket over the media and say mm. you cannot discuss anything. It was like the um, teacher's pet. Remember they took the teacher's pet? Mm. Podcast off oh, there, offline. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's always that delicate uh, delicate balance, mm. isn't it? I mean, some of the headlines over the last uh, couple of days really have been horrendous, you know. Um, we've got uh, a former minister being accused of coaching a defence lawyer, um, you know. We've got... Uh, yeah, the Canberra Times saying that Brittany Higgins doesn't know what happened. And, you know, we have got so much um, reporting, so much, almost, I don't want to use the word defamation, but it really is, we're making making victims and villains out of both of these people at different times, aren't we? We're, we're, we're saying, oh, you know, Brittany didn't know, she was drunk, she didn't know what she was doing, but, hey, you know, the other person, the, the, the man accused is, uh, you know, he, he did this and he did that. And it's just horrible at the moment. These, these headlines are... They're just throwing these stories, you know, and this line of thinking down down a path. It's like as if they have this agenda. So, Tracy, as a journalist, how does that process work? Because that's something you know a whole lot more mm. about than I. Who? So, who is it that signs off on the headlines, or who is it that? It's that a sub editor. It's, it's not the journalist mm. who writes the headline. It's the sub editors. Right. So it's that next level up from you know from from the journo, um, but the headline comes from the story. But, you know, I've always been taught that, you know, whilst ever something's before the court, it's sub judice. That's what I've always yeah. been taught. But this case, I mean, you know, it's it's incredible. Some of the things coming out, the the daily reporting, you know, the, the daily, yeah, the fact that uh, each of the headlines, you know, last week were Brittany Higgins unable, you know, unable to be at court, Brittany Higgins not at court, mm. Brittany Higgins fails to, fails to appear at court. You know, all of these headlines... Um, that just throw throw a horribleness on it. Pressure. Oh. Um, but you know, you've got Senator Linda Reynolds admitting her partner attended um, the trial. So you've got all these. Um, it is quite Shakespearean, isn't it? Mm, it really you've, you've is. Got, you've got the court, and then you've got all these characters coming mm. in and out. And I've just written down victims and villains mm. when you said that because I think that needs to be a song title. You reckon? You get, oh, you, man. You're going to do one of those <laughs> for me, are you? 
Maybe. I'm going to write a song for you. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, the, the transcripts of, uh, you know, the fact that we've now heard Brittany Higgins, um, you know, testimony to police. We've now heard um, the uh, the accused reports to police. You know, we've got we've got everything. It's all just laid out there. How do these two ever get back on with their life again? Well, I think I'd like to think. I mean, Brittany Higgins presents as um, as I know personally, clearly, but she seems very articulate, and for somebody to put their head on the block knowing I have to make this allegation and then to be committed to following it through. I'm hoping that she has some real inner strength and, and no doubt she will be getting a lot of support, uh, hopefully. As for the gentleman who's accused of raping her, um, I'm always very hesitant to comment. Like, I mean, because oh. I'm, I'm, I'm on the outside and... Even when I'm in matters like this, um, well, I it's, don't it's know. It's judice <laughs> We don't know what, what's well, going on, also, do we? It also opens that can of worms is, um, you know, a lot of men in extremely prominent positions have been accused of rape. Some have even been found guilty of rape. And it doesn't seem to affect their professional trajectory at all, whereas the women, there's that whole victim shaming and... I don't know. I'd like to think things are changing. I'd like to think they're changing, but uh, the more and more I see the reporting coming out of this, it's still not mm. changing, Lauren. It's really not. Mm, depressing. Mm, it really is depressing. Just when you think that it's uh, it's changing, it's just not. It's just not. Well, on that happy uh, on that happy yeah. note, yes, it's lovely to have spoken to you. I uh, look forward to hearing uh, the song. Um, victims yeah. and villains from Hot Flush. I'm looking forward to, yeah. to hearing that. How's the recording right, going? You've, you've been in the uh, in the studio, great. yeah? Uh, yeah, we've done three three Saturdays at uh, Hazy Cosmic Drive Studio with Gareth Hudson, and we've got our final one this Saturday. Oh, fantastic! So all, all the uh, all the instruments are down. Now we're just doing all the vocals. So when do we uh, when do we hear any of this? That's a really good question. Hmm. I asked the good questions. Maybe by the end of the year. Don't hold mm. me to that. Not sure. Are we we're, getting we're any new? Our next step. Are we getting any new uh, film clips anytime soon? Uh, we did have one booked, but uh, COVID kind of changed that. Yep. And uh, how how are the girls going? How's uh, how are they amazing. all coping? Yeah. Girls are fantastic, but we we're really missing our weekly rehearsals. We used to rehearse every Saturday. And after the shows, we've just taken a little bit of a rest and now we're recording. And the thing with recording, as I'm sure you know, is you don't have to have four people there. So last week there was three of us. The week before there was just three of us and we all take turns because it's four-part harmony. You can put your tracks down mm. and not everyone has to be there. But we are really looking forward to, the, to all four of us getting together and actually jamming again. Yeah. I'd mm. love to just sit and have a coffee with you for because I just think it would be absolutely incredible just the things that, that, that would be discussed and the things that come out of your mouths. I'd just love to be a fly on the wall at times. It is pretty amazing. We are incredibly blessed. We love each other so hard and it's, we've been friends for so long. Mm. Um, it is. It's really special. It's our own little family. Yeah, I love it. There's nothing like it. And we can laugh so hard that we nearly wet our pants. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I was going to say, that, you, you do realise that's age, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a whole lot of fun. I mean, those three women are just le absolute mm. legends. 
And if you're uh, if yeah. you're not familiar with uh, with who we're talking about, it is Hot Flush, um, which is uh, Lauren's alter ego. And if you just look up uh, any YouTube or just look up your internet and type in Hot Flush, the girls will uh, will come up. And it is they are just the most amazing group of uh, of women. And most importantly, they're women aged over fifty. That's most yeah, important. Uh, just a little uh, disclaimer, you need to actually put in hot flush rock because if you just put hot flush, you'll get a lot of remedies. Of like, course you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also you'll, you'll get hot flush plumbing, which is a plumbing company, which is very funny. Okay. So. Oh, I love it. So please put in hot flush rock or you could be, uh, you could be a bit surprised. Unless you want some, um, yeah, menopausal. By the way, yesterday was menop- International Menopause Day. It was. It was. Yeah. I actually chose to ignore that because I get enough. Mm. Uh, I get enough crap from uh, from the younger ones here at Newcastle Live. I just I chose to ignore Menopause Day because I'm not there yet. Mm. Well, it's. I can totally recommend it. Fantastic. Can you? It's great. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased to hear. Well, look, you stay safe right, out mate. there, won't you? You have a uh, have a wonderful rest of the day. Uh, have I fun putting too. those little acts together between uh, between your clients and your barristers. Have fun with that. Yeah. See you, mate. Bye-bye, darling. You stay safe. Bye, darling. That is uh, Lauren O'Brien who joins us uh, every Wednesday right here on Newcastle Live. And we talk about all sorts of things. If there's ever anything that you would like Lauren to, uh, to discuss... Make sure you let us know. You can send me a message via our Newcastle Live Radio Facebook group or you can SMS me on 0490 That SMS number again is 0490 Or you can email me as well, tracy, T-R-A-C-Y, at newcastlelive.com.au. I'd love to hear from you because uh, we'd love to give you exactly what you want to hear. The information provided in Legally Blonde is for general information purposes only and should not be taken as professional advice.